Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Steve Knight. Steve is the director of Coca Biz. He has extensive experience in executive leadership development, succession planning, and talent management consulting, plus a whole lot more. Hi, Steve Knight. Hey, Mish. You, you do. Doing? You do so much. If, if I if I would have put down everything, then that would have been the whole thing. I just rewrote that a couple weeks ago. Did you, did you get the rewrite? <laughs> no, oh, no, no. I hope. Wait, it was just the other day. Wait, hold on. It's like um, I don't do any of that. None yeah, of that applies. No, that all still counts. Yeah, yeah. It's really, um, it's it's really a blast. All the things I get to do and have done. I mean, I. I came to Coca and Coca Biz in kind of a roundabout way because I'm what's known in psychiatric circles as a boomerang, right? <laughs> okay. It's a St. Louis thing. Got yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, I grew up here, but then I left for 35 years. In and California. My, mostly in right? California. Yeah. 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 Northern California. And uh, what I was doing was really in the world you just mentioned, kind of leadership development and training. I worked for some really large companies doing that work and also a kind of a boutique company in Silicon Valley uh, that we did all kinds of interesting projects. That's pretty interesting. But, yeah. I mean, there was, so there was lots, of, lots of neat things I experienced there. What got me there was a St. Louis company, though, Psychological Associates in Clayton. Oh, okay. I worked for a wonderful team there, and they sent me to California to open an office, and then they wanted me to come back, and I was like, nah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm to, too Californian ex- now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But, you know, when I heard about what Coca was trying to do, it just sounded so much more exciting than the kinds of things I'd been doing and involved with for years, particularly on the training and professional development side. I mean, getting at growth really through a pathway from the arts, I just thought was so cool. It's so uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, you know, I, I came back to St. Louis and uh, got involved with Coca and Coca Biz, and uh, never looked back. So, and what does Coca Biz do? So, Coca Biz is—I mean, to understand Coca Biz, you kind of need to know a little about Coca, which is Coca's like 32nd year in St. Louis. It's actually, I think, the fourth largest nonprofit community arts organization in the really? country, which is pretty cool for little Yay, old St. Coca. Louis. As measured by participants. So they're like uh, somewhere north of 50,000 people, adults and kids that go through COCA programs. Some I had of, no idea. Yeah, it's, 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 it really is quite amazing. Wow. And a lot of that's in the building in New City, but a huge part of it's out in the community. There's something like 80 or more uh, artists in residence that COCA supports and funds in uh, area schools. Okay. But the, the, the cool thing about those artists in residence, they aren't just like arts teachers teaching art. They're working with the classroom teachers to develop an arts integration approach to the whole classroom. So the arts are being used to engage learning in not only the arts, but also, you know, math, science, everything else. So it's a way to it's a way to approach learning. And it was that idea that the arts could be a pathway to unlock learning in areas that weren't just you know, like how right. to make a better painting that kind of caused Coca's board and some staff and stakeholders it was really in the in the kind of recession, 2007, 2008. And St. Louis was getting written up in the national business 
press as the place to not be. It oh. was really, it was really before really the entrepreneurial. Everything we've got going on now, know, right? Boomed, right. T Rex, Cortex, all the things that are happening now. And I think the thing that that really triggered kind of some board discussion was an article in Fast Company. It was, you know, they were talking about fast cities and slow cities, and they ranked St. Louis as the slowest of the slow. And I think the phrase was, flatter than a flat Bud Light. That's how they... (laughs) And so people were really worked up about that. Yeah! So people were like, wait a minute, you know? So the, you know, so... So some of these business leaders on our board and, 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 and staff were saying, you know, all our region and the companies in our region are trying to develop the entrepreneurial capacity and uh, adaptive change, the ability to support risk and innovation and, you know, create on collaborative initiatives. And uh, don't you, you know, don't you arty people know something about like that <laughs> creativity, fartsy. isn't there? Isn't this something you do? Yeah. So it's like we know, you know, we know we're on the board so you can ask us for money. However, couldn't you do something actually for our business to help us build those cultures that will support that kind of innovative, creative risk-taking that right. we, we need. And so that was the kind of that idea was the kernel of Coca Biz. And, and there was this model of what was being done in the schools, you know, of arts integrated classrooms. So could there be an arts integrated approach, so to speak, for business learning, where there could be both kind of arts involvement, but also business outcomes. How cool. So that was the kind of kernel of the idea. And uh, while Coca was thinking about that, um, they kind of took a chance and brought in a, a speaker, which was way back in, like, I think, 2007, and it was Dan Pink. And oh, my had, gosh, yeah. He had just come out with a whole new mind, right? I don't right. If you remember the phrase, you know, the new MBA is an MFA and, you know, creatives <laughs> yeah, yeah, own right. the future. Right. So Coca thought, oh, we'll bring in this speaker. We have some people that are interested in that. And, you know, they're hanging from the rafters. The, it, there was just a tremendous response. And at that time, there were far fewer opportunities to hear sort of these interesting folks in St. Louis that were kind right. of at that intersection of art and business and design and technology. Technology, and so kind of Coca started to say, "There's it something so here." Sounds so familiar that intersection. Yeah, that's <laughs> where you live, right? So, well, you know, I mean, and it makes sense, which we'll we'll get to. But yeah. I want you to keep to, uh, on this track. But you know, it makes it's like that's why we get along so well right. with Coca Biz and TEDx Gateway yeah. Arts because we all yeah. have that mindset. So that is so, so cool. That's what kind Coca, of business? So that's what Coca Biz was evolved to do to okay. kind of use that. And and really, it was interesting. It's 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 it, Coca went through its own incubator process around that idea right. because everybody thought, oh, art, business, creativity, cool. Right. But like many entrepreneurial enterprises, like cool idea, but then like how do we what, implement? What it? would you actually do? Yeah. Was a huge question. So right. we went through a process of about a year trying to figure that out and. Part of the model was pairing a teaching artist who would engage people through arts activities and experiences with a business facilitator who would Very help cool. folks kind of reflect on what are you discovering, what's going on, what are you feeling, and how does that apply to your team or your leadership practice or a business challenge. So instead of talking about what the arts do or how to be more creative, the idea was to engage people in activities and see what's discovered. 
Uh, well, they're using another side of their brain. Exactly. And so then you, that's where you discover all kinds of cool stuff. Right. You know, when you're like, let's get both brains involved with yeah, this. Yeah, you kind of put people in a place where they can't use their sort of intellectual shortcuts and right. their habitual ways of thinking because they're doing things for which there's no right answer. Right. There's no algorithm. There's no spreadsheet. You just got to kind of figure it out, which is a little uncomfortable, but that's where discoveries happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Oh, this is so, so cool. Yeah. So that's a little bit. So about what kind what, of a person reaches out to you to engage Coca Biz to help them out? Is it just all sorts of businesses? It is. Okay. There's a, really a huge gamut. I mean, everything from you know healthcare. We okay. work with BJC and their leadership acceleration program for high potential leaders. Uh, a lot of technology and science folks. Okay. Uh, uh, we worked for years with with Monsanto and with a with the research headquarters of a German company called KWS. They're all science folks. Got yeah. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, we work with nonprofits and most recently the Starkloff Disability Career Institute, preparing disabled learners for Very cool. professional careers. Um, and uh, we work in the startup community quite extensively, uh, most robustly, I guess, with 630 and okay. 630 Cyber, the FinTech and and Cybersecurity Accelerator wow, based down cool. at T-Rex. So we've been working with them for years. Um, and TEDx, of course. Uh, we're embedded in SLU's uh, MBA program. Oh, really? So we use Coca Biz's approach to experiential learning in that environment also. It's kind of, we wrap around some readings and some writing, but it's essentially our workshop model that's been put into a curriculum format. So it's kind of a, a real gamut. But the core of what we're doing is is for, uh, you know, business, business folks. Got ya. Yeah. Love it. We're going to take a quick break. We will be right back with Steve Knight. All right, we're back with Steve Knight. So it has been such a joy to have Coca Biz come in and help us prepare our speakers for the stage. And I really want to talk about that because it, you know, I, I talk often about that it's 40 plus hours at least for those speakers to craft that talk and, and get them to do their 18 minutes or less on stage. But this is a big part of what prepares them, what you guys come in and do for us. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Well, it's been, I mean, I can't remember exactly if it's been four or five years or something that in we've there. been yeah. working with. I, I remember kind of even before TEDx really launched, early on. having coffee with Steve Summers and he was talking about this TEDx thing. And I was like, yeah, really? You're going to do that? That sounds kind of wacky. Can you sure you can pull that off? And so <laughs> well, like, it totally was wacky. I mean, when Steve and I met and I was like, we're doing this. And I mean, we're like, well, well we're just, we just, just, we have passion and drive. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. So you pulled it off. So we got involved early on with experimentally and then gradually it grew. And you know, what's so cool for us is that the speakers that you identify and kind of curate, I mean, it's 
just amazing for us to be able to work with these unique groups and right. mixes of talent. I mean, from high-end researchers and university folks to entrepreneurial people. Well, and you're that are part just of that. You're there. part of that curation. Yeah. I mean, you're part of the yeah. team that we, you know, we 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 keep our eyes and ears right. open. Right, and- we do. But it's an interesting. I mean, it's really different than like a you know a corporate group or a group that's from one institution. Right. right. It's this amazing mix of people, and they're all already incredibly talented at telling their stories. So, you know, we try and help them, you know, even take that up a notch and maybe think in fresh ways about how their storytelling can be a little more powerful. But, um, you know, the elements that we bring really are, you know, we have them work with a poet and fiction writer and, and really just what are the what what's the craft of creating and from a language standpoint a story that engages with language and uses great metaphors and compressed language and builds a little mystery and a narrative arc and draws people in we work with a, a stage actor right uh, right to, yes you know thinking about how you embody that with your voice gesture and and uh, uh, cadence and you know teach and also some of the techniques of being able to manage nerves and mm-hmm. rehearse yourself effectively, things that stage actors live with every day. You know, how do I prepare myself to really go out there and inhabit, you know, what I'm doing in exactly. an authentic way? Um, and sometimes we also bring a, a visual person, a visual artist, who's kind of thinking about uh, helping them think about visual storytelling. Um, and uh, so it's uh, it's we do the same thing we do with corporate audiences. It's really all about uh, exercises and activities, and then they go back and think about that was weird. Like what <laughs> what happened? What did I discover that might apply to? how I want to tell my story. Right. And uh, probably as I think about it, you know, the, the the learning around the language piece, it's a little kind of quieter. People kind of discover things and kind of think, oh, yeah, maybe I could use that metaphor to illustrate what I'm saying. Or, oh, maybe I could have a more powerful opening to draw people in. Right. And kind of work with that. I think the thing that they most, like, jump into and just grab on like a lifeline almost (laughs) is the uh, working with the stage actor because everybody is nervous to some degree and anxious about how they're going to physically show up and manage their voice and their body. And and so even if you think you know your stuff cold and you got the best story in the world, you're still, most of us are still anxious about... Like, what am I going to look like on stage? Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, in a a number of them, there's no... There's no barrier between you and right. the audience. I mean, right. uh, most of them are on the red rug, and there they are. Bang. You know, and that's right. a vulnerable position Big to be time. in. So, so being able to show up, have that confidence, which is yes, which really is practice, 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 right. and then keep practicing. <laughs> right, right. And, and then you'll feel confident, like you're yeah. not like, oh, I'm, I'm not really. Pre-. You don't want to. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to be on the sidelines going. I'm not. I don't think I'm really prepared to be out there right now. Right. Oh, that's a bad time to remember this. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> practice a lot, and then yeah, you're in a much no, better position. In the TED Talk. There's no podium, no notes, mm-hmm. none of that. So it's like it's really in that sense, it is like a stage play. You got to right. know your lines. You got to know how you're going to show up and deliver those lines, and you've got to at least appear comfortable and and, and confident <laughs> and authentic. In Although your skin. a little bit of 
the vulnerabilities okay. okay, you know, but, but you, you don't want to feel you like melt. you're going to have a meltdown. Yeah. You know? yeah. So yeah. we've never had that, right? And maybe. But, but has we helped any, them that's through a, it. So is that true? Nobody's ever like oh, no, sort of cracked up we, we've, on stage? We've, we've had some, some. We've helped. We've, we've yeah, gotten it through. meltdowns. But you, you just come up with interesting ways of, of making it work. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's um, you just, you never know. I mean, right. you know, luckily not often, but yeah. Right. And, you know, the whole uh, realm of storytelling and, and presentation skills, which is really what you're doing, is being powerful storytellers at right. Gateway Arch TEDx. Is, right. I mean, out of all the things that Coca Biz does, that's probably one of the most sought after because it's a key skill for any exactly. role. And the more... Uh, the more formally you're in a leadership position, the more important that becomes. So it really be, can become a barrier for folks that have all the other skill sets, but just can't tell how their business tell story, the, even well, and, internally And they all have a teams. story. Yeah. I mean, they all have a story. It's how yeah. to craft it in right. such a way that gets people to listen right. and don't rush through it. And there, right. there has to be pauses at the right parts. Yeah. And it's a lot. It's and a I'll lot tell to you, know. The folks that are often the most challenged are the people that are the deepest experts in their subject. So we do a lot of that storytelling. We call it artful speaker work right. with science or technology folks because they immediately want to go right into the details of how the how their stuff works because exactly. they're so expert. Right. And, and then the audience is like, well, I don't know what you're talking. You lost yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> you lost me. And also, uh, I don't care. Right. You didn't give me a reason to care, and we're at a level of detail that right. I that I don't I can't follow. It so. has to be accessible. Yeah. That's a big part of. Yeah. But that's why that's one of the reasons why TED talks are so. Right. You know, I mean, because they it makes. What before some like that, that person wants to go right. into the deep dive and you're going, right. I'm completely lost yeah. at this point. It makes it accessible to all right. audiences. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, people can go on a deep dive if they kind of know. They set why, it up that they way. They know yeah. why and they know where they're going. And it, yeah, but to just like go into, you know, how your cool software zeros and ones work is not going to work for most. <laughs> <laughs> they, they all so much people better. People are going to turn off. And there's, I mean, nowadays it's so easy for people to get distracted. They've got their phone. They can just oh, yeah. be like, uh, I'm bored. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you oh, know? yeah. Exactly. I think we don't have boredom anymore because we have phones. I guess. That's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother that's podcast. That's a whole other podcast. We've done Yes, got right? something else. But it has been a really cool partnership with Coca Biz. I mean, just over the years and how we've refined all of this and, and just the way that we uh, work with our speakers. And, yeah. and there's not a speaker out there. I, I have never had a speaker say, oh, that was just horrible. I don't ever want to experience well, that's this that's again. Our, that's They're our all, key. They people love ask, it. People ask us how we measure results, and that's our key thing. They didn't say it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we need to know. wasn't horrible. We're good. We did our job. Go away. No, no it is. I'm all, To tell you the truth, I'm always like, because a lot of the people we work with, both TEDx and other places, they're so skilled and so... Uh, great at what they do. I'm always a little worried about are they gonna are they gonna find value, and I'm always kind of amazed that you know these people who are amazing people right. in their realms are are often like really grabbing on to and discovering things they really are helpful to them. Exactly. So, I mean, I you know some like what we consider the higher up yeah. people. I mean, they yeah. they have they have come to us afterwards and just been like, wow. Yeah. 
you know, I will never present the same way again. You know, right. this has been so valuable right. to me. So, Yay. by the way, I'm supposed to, our marketing directors asked me for a few like um, quotes that we could use in our testimonials for the. We can do that for can... you. <laughs> I have them in my head. Here they are. Are you ready? No. <laughs> no. Yes, we can get those to you. I know marketing people at TEDx Gateway they're actually like, can help. They're like that. Huh? Yeah, we need us marketing types. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with question time. Okay, we're back with Steve Knight, and we have question time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, okay, so let's just talk. You've worked with so many speakers, not just TEDx, but speaker speakers, uh, and so many speakers over yeah, the years. True. And I'm not going to ask you your favorite because there's no way. But are there any standouts that just like are top of mind right now? Yeah. Well, there's, I guess there's a couple. I don't know about a speaker, but there's something that, and you might have even heard me say this. There's just one story I love. Oh, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's hear it. And it's, it's about uh, a speaker discovering how to get out of the weeds and, and use a metaphor to capture a lot of important things. And actually, was it was a speaker who was one of the 630, uh, you know, business founders in the 630 Accelerator. Okay. And uh, um, he had been through the workshop with uh, our poet and writer on metaphor and language and how to tell a story. And, and that workshop was coming right before, kind of sort of like a press conference where they were going to go into the next room and they were going to kind of have their coming out party to the public. They're going to meet, meet your public in St. Louis, and there were going to be folks from the St. Louis Financial Forum and some press people. And each of the founders was going to have like a minute or two to say something about their business, right? Gotcha. So it was like this immediate application. Right. And so they were working on their language stuff. And, you know, these folks were really software geek types that were writing these amazing, you know, financial technology fintech you know, programs and, and launching businesses. So this one company had some kind of software to help banks evaluate risks in lending to small business, okay. right? And every time this person tried to talk about it, he went right to like the cool way the software worked and how it was better than how this other software worked and it was all very technical and like, yeah, I guess maybe yours is a little better, but I can't really tell. You know, it wasn't, it was detailed. Gotcha, and gotcha. So he finally worked and worked and worked, and he came up with this metaphor that I've never forgotten to this day, <laughs> which was that, you know, what he came up with was, you know, if you're a bank and you want to lend to small businesses, it's a huge world of opportunity around you. That opportunity is like a bowl of healthy steaming soup on a cold winter day. And the software you're using to have is a fork. <laughs> you know, here at, and I can't remember the name of the company, here at Lensoft or whatever it was, our software is a soup spoon. And we're going to help you eat that hearty meal of opportunity in small business lending, right? I love it. And it was like everybody in the whole room went, yeah. And, oh, that's and, and so then, awesome. And, he, he, and then he could talk about, then he could talk about like right. some reasons he why. He set it up. Yeah, he could say, and here's how the spoon works. You know, here's why the spoon is better. And so he, and he went literally like, you know, a half an hour later and used that in front of, you know, a live audience right. to describe his business. And so I just thought that's kind of a, a, that stuck with me. I always tell that story. People at Coca Biz are sick of it, but. But it's a good story because it helps. That is the perfect example. 
yes. of how you can get people to listen to you. Yeah. Because now it it's relatable and yeah. I get it. I get right. it. You know, right. oh my gosh. Yeah. Good so story, was, Steve that was, Knight. That was one little, little metaphor story. I'm glad yeah. I asked you that. Yeah. Um, okay. I was looking up information about the loop, which is where Coca Biz lives. Yeah. And I saw that it was, okay, the loop was named one of the 10 great streets in America by the American Planning Association. You've been there long enough. What makes that street great to you? Well, you know, Coca's like one like one block off the loop or right, right in there. Come see us if you haven't, by the way. But for me, it's sort of like my cafeteria. At lunch, I go for a walk and I just decide where I want to eat. So there's lots of really fun restaurants. There are. So, and Blueprint Coffee. And Blueprint we Coffee. We love Blueprint Coffee. And Mashuga's. Mashugas. Don't forget Mashuga. Yeah, yeah. So those are like the key meeting spots, you know, if you have to connect with somebody. So right. coffee, food, and also, I mean, what I really like about The Loop is uh, my bookstore, Subterranean Books. I really love Subterranean. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah that's my little, there are bookstores still. It's my little bookstore that I just love. Subterranean Books is in The Loop. So that's my excuse often for taking a walk. I'll get some coffee and I'll check in to the, the bookstore. And you just have that nice vibe right. of all kinds of people on the street. You know, there's students, there's residents that live in the area. There's just all kinds of folks. And you just have that cool vibe of of uh, kind of a creative different space so is, is the bookstore the place that you go when you're like I just need to like <laughs> they, they get me at the bookstore they get they see me come in and they're like oh man you know you're having you a rough day and here, here, Shane, we need some poetry. Check out this. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some poetry for you. It'll yeah. make you feel better. Yeah. I love it. I think that, so mine, uh, uh, the, the store I go to, which is hilarious, is TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx is like this, like, oh, I swear, it calls me. I mean, I could be driving. I'm like, I must go to a TJ Maxx. <laughs> they have something there for me. I can just get lost in that place. Wow. I don't. It's it's my Mish. place. I okay. know. Okay. Well, I guess I guess it's. I know. They should yeah. sponsor me. I should call them and go. <laughs> Listen, you need to sponsor my podcast. Um, I'm totally your person. <laughs> okay. All right. You and I have been tasked with something. Oh, a task. Our task is we need to come up with a mascot for Coca Biz. What will mm. it be? <laughs> I know. A mascot for Coca Biz. I know. I don't. I didn't really think we about should, it. You know. I mean, Coca is a nonprofit, which means everything is done by committees and teams of stakeholders to make sure that everybody like. Do we have to get, get them behind. all involved? We're gonna. We may have to. <laughs> Can we? But we, we gotta give them an idea. We may. We may have to get them involved. <laughs> what would be a good? I don't Coca know. Biz? I mean, this yeah. this is this is difficult for me too. I was like, I'm gonna ask it and see if we come up with something. Yeah. I mean, I, what's a, what's think, a, it's got to be an artsy I th animal. I think an artsy <laughs> animal, you know. <laughs> but I mean, with a cats good and dogs are out. They're too, they're too normal. I'm thinking of, of some really cool, colorful jungle bird that, that, that has amazing plumage. A and, macaw? And, and a macaw, maybe. I don't know if I've A had, parrot? Yeah, parrots are kind of. Parrots sound like they might parrot things. We don't want that. We don't <laughs> no, want you that's to parrot right. things. Yeah, no, we don't. You're right. That's yeah, a good thought. Yeah, we got to, I don't know. I don't but know I'm thinking enough of about something birds colorful. Of paradise. And, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to look look into that. Does it I, have to be an animal, though? Maybe we could have a different, we could have a light bulb. We, we could, 
we've and we've had orange light like, bulbs. We've had at the some light bulbs, events. right? We've had orange light bulbs as centerpieces at some of our so, events. I think that's perfect. <laughs> Cocoa is orange. The Cocoa is orange. Orange is a know. good color, though. Orange yeah. is a very creative color. So they say we use it. Yeah. 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 So maybe the mascot is an orange. <laughs> an orange. With different sections. Excellent. <laughs> you know, you've got the you've got the creativity to be a Coca Biz leader, Mish. Right now, the Coca Biz people are listening and going, "Okay, don't ever ask her to be on the board of directors." All right, <laughs> we are be in on, for you're trouble. You're going to be on the communications team. <laughs> oh know? yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they would probably like to hang out with me. They would. Yeah, very. Yeah, they would. We'll hook it up. That that I can. That I can do. <laughs> if it's if it was sitting around doing ideas all day, that would just be the perfect job, right? A lot of people would love that job. It's hard. I, I you know, you got. That's why you need a team of people. You can't think, just sit there and have ideas. You well, need, yeah. At least of the, me, the, I need the difficult the part of is the implementation of the ideas. I think ideas oh, are fun to come up with. We've got people for that. that oh, just do it, right? Don't you? That's don't awesome. you have, Those, they, they'll do that. Isn't that a hundredth monkey? Don't you just have oh. a people to implement? Just. Dozens. Carry out your. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, what else should we know? Well, I guess I, I really want to mention a really, really cool new thing we're we're kind of doing. Okay. Which is exploring. We have a program we've piloted internally quite a bit and got some advice and and developed and now we're implementing it with a number of of organizations and it's really exploring the connection between diversity and the ability to innovate. And we're getting at it through theater games, and uh, it's called Acting with Awareness, Unlocking the Power of Diversity. And so the concept is that lots of organizations have diversity and inclusion initiatives, and there's tremendous training out there. Uh, to learn about you know the history of racism and what's a microaggression and unconscious bias and all kinds of those which is not our our we're, right. we're not you know there's a whole industry out there to help with that and what we had a client ask us to do that we thought was brilliant which led to developing this was how do we even when people know kind of all the right ways to do things, you know, this client said, we're still kind of walking on eggshells with each other. We still haven't really created the capacity to have real conversations and sort of assume good intent. How insightful. And so, yeah, yeah. So we developed a workshop that really doesn't have any answers or any prescriptions. It's designed to open up um, exploration of differences, different backgrounds, different perspectives, different life histories, and kind of bring them a little bit more to the forefront and create a space for maybe really divergent truths and realities to be brought forward. That's so cool. And it is cool. And um, so we've, we've, it, it actually uh, comes out of the work of a Brazilian director named Augusto Boal uh, back in the 60s and 70s and uh, has been brought forward in America by Michael Rode, who used the, some of these activities for the early stages of the AIDS crisis. Okay. Uh, he called it theater for uh, uh, conflict and social change. But so we adapted some of those activities to kind of create this space for conversations uh, for really different different perspectives, and it's just so exciting. That's awesome. I so love that's, that. So that's what cool. a great yeah. way to end the podcast yeah, with that. Because that's info. I mean, at, at the heart of a lot of our challenges here. Are yeah. How to, how to talk to each other and how to let each other be who we are a little bit more fully. Right. Uh, especially in the professional world. I love it. Thank you, Steve Knight. 
Thank you, Mish. I am so glad this you is, came on the podcast. Me too. Thank you so much. This for didn't being hurt here. much at all. I, 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 well, I told you it wasn't hurt too much. <laughs> <laughs> I would have warned you if it was going to be worse. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. And for all of you listening out there, uh, you've been listening to Mishmash. Please find us on iTunes. Subscribe. Thank you. Have wonderful days. Bye.